0: I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we'll be talking to nine-truck fleet owner Bill Ferrix, based in Illinois near St. Louis, Ferrix I caught up with at the annual conference of the National Association of Small Trucking Companies here in Nashville, where Frerichs makes it, makes it a point of attending this year. He's in the middle of his ELD implementation in preparation for the mandate going into effect in some form or fashion a week before Christmas next month. We talk a bit about the nuts and bolts of his planning around it here. Useful, I imagine, for those who've been going through similar planning, hopes, worries, and all that it entails, no doubt. Also at the conference, I sat in on a presentation that included a close look at the differences between so-called automatic onboard recording devices, or AOBRDs, ELDs' regulatory predecessors, and the much more detailed spec for ELDs. You'll remember that AOBRDs in use prior to December 18 are grandfathered for two years as the full transition to ELDs takes place. Those who are continuing to market AOBRDs and other watches around the industry are looking at such devices as holding new luster when the reality of the ELD spec is taken into consideration. While the back office can edit driver's logs in AOBRDs without the driver's approval, unlike with ELDs. Such editing isn't required to be made visible at roadside with AOBRDs. It's important to keep in mind, however, that the AOBRD regulations do require uh, log edits to be preserved, and uh, in the event of a back office audit, uh, those edits are discoverable there. And the wealth of other information, such as engine on-off records, engine hours, and the like, are also not required to be recorded by AOBRDs, among many other differences. NASA's James Cabredon laid out those differences in a session of the conference I'll be reporting more on later, noting, as I've pointed out before, numerous ELOG providers offer devices that can be run in AOBRD mode and then switched over to ELD mode when the grandfather period is over. Providers with such functionality include, but are not limited to, Big Road, HOS Reporter, Gorilla Safety, and many more. Nastic Chief Dave Owen, in noting the organization's advocacy against the mandate, said he felt it would be a, quote, small victory, unquote, if truckers were able to steer the ELD rule toward more permanent use of AOBRDs instead of ELDs, if that gives you any indication of just how more sanguine industry participants are about about AOBRDs now that the reality of ELDs is staring owners in the face. In my mind, it's the detailed log history that is available at roadside under the ELD spec that drives the most consternation. And it's the subject I've addressed in the past and Bill Frerichs and I discussed in the conversation that follows. Situations on the road that force a driver into violation, enforcement officials have said numerous times in preparation for the mandate, are just going to have to be dealt with within ELDs using duty status annotations explaining the circumstances, quote, in case someone asks to see the log, unquote, in the words of FMCSA enforcement official Joe DeLorenzo, back at a conference in August. While the hope is that such instances of what might amount to a driver's self-incrimination are minimal, road reality suggests that might be some wishful thinking given loading dock delay dynamics and all, and all that else that goes on out on the road. That's all changing too, the dock dynamics, as the mandate approaches, of course. It's at a speed that leaves a lot to be desired. Bill Frerich's worried too about the wealth of data recorded and transmit, transmitted under the ELD spec in the context of plaintiff's attorneys improving dexterity at cherry-picking log violations, court cases around accidents. Wherever fault truly lies. We get to that a little later in the conversation, too, which started with Frerich's laying out the long history of Frerich's Freight Lines, started by his grandfather many decades ago.
1: Frerich's Freight Lines was founded in 1949 by my grandfather and my dad. Uh, my grandpa died from a work related accident in 1956. We did. And my, grandpa, or my dad and my uncle took the business on for my grandma. Uh, they yeah. bought her out in 1976 and ran it. They were both getting a little long in the tooth in the 90s, so they, uh, my cousin and I were going to buy the business uh, from our dads and be partners. And uh, mm-hmm. my uncle died unexpectedly before that happened okay. uh, of, a, of a heart attack. Uh, after he, he, he was a driver, man, he was a cowboy. Yeah. He, was probably, he would probably struggle with some of the rules that are placed on drivers today because he thought he could break the rules and still do it better than everybody else, <laughs> put that in there. He was a good man too, you know, he knew, his, he, knew the, he knew the industry. So, yeah. anyway, uh, uh, my cousin s- lost their half of the business based on his will was messed up. So, uh, huh. my dad was retired and had to come out of retirement. I was already managing the business and uh, he came out of retirement and bought the other half out. Uh, he okay. didn't do much when he came out of retirement, but he had his name and he had his. You know, I was going through a divorce, so I didn't have much. You know, so okay. uh, I bought the business in 2000, January 2000, uh, and it went from playing Monopoly to actually, it's my money. You know, yep. it's a completely different game. It wasn't as much fun. I had fun in the 90s, <laughs> but I personally wasn't making any money. You know, uh, you know since then. You know, there's times when I have moments where it's where it's a blast and there's other times where you just start feeling the regulations or, or the, the burden of trying to replace drivers in your trucks or accepting possibly less than stellar drivers in your trucks when you hold your, hold your head up saying that you're one of the safest companies out there. We've been recognized, you know, as, as a safe carrier and uh, accident-free, injury-free type things, but uh, half my career was... As an employee, the other half so far has been a little more than half has been as the owner. But right. you know, most of my career has been as a management since 1992. Since management, uh, I haven't answered to anybody. Right. You got to make all the decisions. You got to make all the. You got to fix everybody's problems. You're babysitting grown men in most cases. At, the, at least back then, they were older than me. Yeah. And I'm still trying to make their problems go away. I got my own problems, you know. Yeah. So. This industry, every time you turn around, uh, somebody fires up like a new regulation, and they think it's great. I, you know, I'm, I don't have enough say to stop a regulation. I'm not against ELDs. I'm not against the half-hour break. I just don't like the way things are determined. Uh, like we talked yesterday about how how they define what is local driving. Right. You know, to me, local driving is if you can start at your terminal, go do the job, whatever it is, and in your hours of service back back and park your truck and go home and sleep in your own bed that's a local driving job
0: the air mile radius should not really matter i don't think it means anything i don't
1: know where it came in it's something that came in with the original hours of service i guess uh, you can't get anybody to pay attention to that because there's so many other things that are more important
0: speaking of vlds um you i know you and i were kind of back and forth for a long time on uh just talking about your thought process and the whole thing and i know you you had you had tablets running big roads simply for the uh for kind of the um the, the, the sort of planning uh, tools that preparing. it gave you and and just kind of preparing for the preparing mandate, for kind, the mandate. Of, kind of get you, i don't think you really had them you didn't have them hooked up to the engine but you were running electronic uh you set up all your drives yep. with those but um, it sounds like you've kind of come to a different decision, though, on um, on actually putting in ELDs.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to when we originally talked, I had uh, Telegis was on the top of my list. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I, th- I believe you even yep. quoted me in an article yep. way back when that yep. I was going to probably pull the, pull the trigger on Telegis, and uh, uh, and that was because their their software is inside the, the Volvo truck already. It's a right. uh, it, They've already got an agreement, so in order to get diagnostics okay. and that sort of thing, it's there. Uh, the reason why I was thinking Big BigRube was going to work mm-hmm. is because Volvo used to have this out this this uh, tool that was called Volvo Link, yep. and that's gone now. Because they they did away with it because all the ELDs are going to have their own diagnostics available to them, right? So, why, you know, Volvo's focusing on trucks, they're not focusing on GPS and logbooks and and that sort of thing. So, uh, so we we don't have that Volvo link option anymore, and Big Road. Uh, has been recently purchased. Yep. Uh, I can't think of the name of the company I purchased that purchased it. Fleet Complete? Fleet Complete, yes. Think, yeah. so, and, and what I'm hearing is they'll have diagnostics someday, okay. but I don't know when. Uh, you know, to me, I'm wanting to use this ELD more than anything to create an incentive program to uh, reward my drivers and teach them. Without me Micromanaging them from a right. from a, a employer-employee relationship.
0: Reward them based on what exactly? Reward
1: them based on things that the that the uh, diagnostics would tell me. Okay. Things like fuel, heartbreaking, uh, just okay. the way they drive, the tri- idle time. You know, idle time. I preach idle times. You know, when fuel was four dollars a gallon, I kept telling them. The only way you're getting bonuses this year is if you turn the trucks off. I'm telling you, when you get in the parking lot, set the brakes, then go in and find out where somebody needs the trailer or where the customer wants you. And then, you know, turn the truck off. Uh, You can restart the truck again when you're time to, you know, there's no reason to let the truck idle and and burn fuel. Now, I I was raised completely different than that. I was raised that you're going to burn that starter out, turning that truck off and on and you won't it doesn't cost anything but as we were talking yesterday you know it's it's the fuel cost you know yep. diesel fuel used to be you know a, a byproduct and, and now it's not now it's a refined product mm-hmm. and, and i don't know at least it's priced that way and i don't know that that uh, that that has anything to do with it or not but i i think that there's diagnosis that will, that will help me create a uh, uh, constructive yeah. competition between my drivers to where they can, you know, where I can maybe either, I don't know if it'll be on a monthly or quarterly level, there will be annual bonuses right. I gotta make it to where the same guy doesn't get the bonus every week a right. month right. Uh, if only
0: but, one guy does, right, right yeah.
1: Right. I got to be able to dangle some some carrots out there whether it's real dollars or whether it's TVs or, or yep. you know, equipment for the trucks, clothing, you know. There's a lot of different things it could be, but I tend to think I want it to be real dollars yeah. and I and I want to uh, set a uh, benchmarks and if they are above the benchmarks, then they will improve their pay 3, 4, 5, 6% for that quarter. Um, and then when they hit the benchmarks, then we tighten the benchmarks up and right. raise the raise the bar a little bit.
0: Right.
1: So going back to it when when. Uh, probably the last six months it's been between big road and intelligence and we did big road for all these years the drivers like it i liked it it was easy it was good uh, it was solid it was it performed the way i needed to perform i only had a couple of glitches over
0: five years and i and i found that down here right you know i was at one of these
1: sessions when they introduced it here at the Nasdaq conference yep. or, or, or. and i went home and told my dispatch hey look this up on your phone and check it out and tell me what you think and if you like it enough to have somebody try it you can try it for free have a driver download it on his phone and let's try it out Mm -hmm. he did for a week and the driver came back and said can i keep doing this and i went i went i bought tablets for the trucks and that's where we're at now so uh going back to it i did not want to switch necessarily Uh, it's just big road wasn't going to have the the uh Diagnostics that I was looking for. That's probably about it. Yeah. Going to have. I mean, it, it's that's probably and it's it's probably fifteen dollars a month difference. Yeah. Per truck. It's but, a little more. But fifteen dollars a month for what I'm going to get might be worth it. Yeah. I used to pay a little bit for the for the Volvo link that I had. Uh,
0: How many drivers do you have working with you?
1: We have about twelve. Okay. If you count up myself and my dispatcher yep. and my and I got a mechanic, we're all licensed and. Drug tested, so we, we, you could probably take the fifteen, but mm-hmm. you know we're we're a small company, not trying to uh, not trying to set the world on fire, just trying to handle our own yeah. accounts.
0: In terms of ELDs, though, that's like what uh, I mean. Are you paying like for nine accounts or thirteen accounts, twelve?
1: I'm paying for them. With big road, it was by the driver. Yeah, but I believe that there's up to fifteen drivers the way the package is set okay. Up, with with nine trucks yep. so uh, I think that's how it's going to turn out and yep. we turn phones off I used to carry phones in the trucks everybody's got their own phone now so yep. we turn phones off and it's kind of a wash right. the actual uh, additional cost of, of telegis is it's going to be zeroed out by turning off eight phones I only kept one on okay uh, so I got, it,
0: I got you so so they're going to run this on uh, the tablets in the trucks. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. Which we already. No, which we already, already had the airtime and the tablets. And yeah. When I when I signed up, they gave me new tablets, so now I've got bonus tablets that in right. case something breaks. Uh, right. You know, we, we put them in boxes on the on the on the lock boxes on the dash, so that the driver can pull it out of there if he needs to and give it to the officer, or carry it inside with him or whatever. But one thing that I didn't do before I locked down all the airtime. This time around, and I'm only going to put on there what I want on there, what I feel the drivers need to complete their job in a safe Mm -hmm. and sensitive manner every day. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's mapping software or something like that, we'll we'll put it on there. Otherwise, we're we're locking it down. That's going to be for the logbook, and I probably have way too much. uh, uh, What do they call it? The uh, gigs or whatever. Yeah, I have way too much data, but but. had guys that were watching movies while they were waiting to be unloaded and that's that's fine just do it on your own you know
0: everybody's i mean like you said everybody's got everybody's got a phone they can do it on and the difference is they can run the tablet through their wi-fi on their phone yeah
1: in in looking at tellegist i believe it's a a complete solution that we can ride for a long time yeah uh they're partners with my cell phone carriers so it, it works out. Actually, Verizon bought them, so yeah, that's It right. works, okay. it works out well uh, from that standpoint. I don't have to have of easy and yeah. T airtime and Sprint airtime. It's easy to
0: kind know. of package. The, are you packaging the fees on the one yeah. particular bill? Kind well, of thing, they, they
1: haven't got it all down to one bill because okay. we also have we also have uh, portable trailer trackers for our oh, yeah. trailers. Okay, uh, I'm trying to get it all to one bill, but it's you know it's net, that's network fleet. Okay. that Verizon bought okay. uh, and, and if you, you want to step back a little bit when I was looking at their trailer trackers for Network Fleet that's when they came out and said they've got an ELD this was a couple of years ago they have an ELD that they're bringing out and, you know. yeah. and they didn't really have it done yet And when it was all said and done with uh, they told me it was going to be I think it was going to be December of 16 December of
0: and I thought well I'll wait till then
1: I, I'm in no hurry. I, I got a whole year if they don't, so we can demo in December of 16, and if we like it, we'll, my, my goal was 4-1 we were going to go live, then 7-1 we were going to go live, then 10-1 we we're going to go live. Uh, we got them installed on the 4th, and we're still ready to train of November. So, uh, and it's not, that's not waiting around. That's not dragging your feet. That's not sitting back and saying, oh, this is going to get, the mandate's going to get crushed. They're going to, they're going to uh, pull it back. That's doing your job and, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, it's, uh, it's, no kinda... different. it's no different from, right. you know, you, you, you've got big customers and they've got different departments for everything. Well, in, in small business like mine, I wear a lot of different hats. You have to be yes. the expert on everything in your business yeah. or have someone that you can really trust. And I have a couple of people that I really trust their opinions and their, and their work ethic. But, you know, when it's all said and done with, they don't have any skin in the game. So mm-hmm. when, it, when it's time to go home, they go home. Right. Uh, you know, now they, my all my drivers and all my people are good people, but uh, you know, to trying to get them to look at this ELD and realize—I mean, that's the one thing. Drivers are listening to other drivers. Yeah. Everybody's scared. I think the ELD is going to turn out to be good. Okay. I think it's going to be really good, but I think it's actually like we were talking yesterday. I think it's going to force the shippers in the Cantonese kind of hand it's a matter of whether they care or not whether it's going to do something i still th- wish there was some way you know there's there's some governing association. It's not fmcsa but there's some one governing manufacturing that should be able to put their thumb on these people but i don't know how we do know. a lot of repetitive business so like a that. lot of the a lot of the constantly that we ship to for our customers we get we get treated yeah. fine for yeah. the most part yeah. but we do call some spot market stuff too yeah. and and yes. yeah, that's when the driver says, "Hey man, I'm I'm in the south side of Chicago, and they're closing the gates, and they haven't started unloading me yet. Yeah. And, you know, they're telling me I can't stay here, but I could leave yeah. the trailer. And I'm like, no, you don't leave the trailer. You, yeah. you know, yeah. if they're closing the gates, you yeah. take the trailer with you. Yeah. You know, uh, that's ours, and yeah. and that load is, is there. It's not theirs until they sign the bills. If they'll sign the bills, you can leave the trailer. Oh yeah. no, they're not going to do that. You know, yeah. so, but yeah, you start you hear the the horror stories of. You know the the drivers that are out there that didn't think about parking. Yep. Uh, How is and and we had a meeting last week and and they're they're asking me that. So when we get to ELDs, how's this going to work when we run out of time at the constante? What and and I don't have an answer for. Yeah. You know because I was waiting to go through training myself to understand how our system works and then I'm going to go back and hit. People like the, the the folks here at Nastic, or or some of the other uh, enforcement
0: officials. Yeah, there. yeah, they, yeah.
1: I have a friend that's a state trooper in Illinois, and, and
0: we talked about this yesterday. I, you know, what I hear from those guys, again, what I hear from those guys is you got two options in a case like that where you're you're in violation. Uh, one, um, well, the the one that they want you to do is they want you to just go in violation and annotate it describing the circumstance because these are things that any reasonable person is not going to be able to avoid so right uh, in any you know reasonable uh, roadside officer will, will be able to see that uh and you know hopefully being a reasonable person which might be asking a lot of some officers but <laughs> being a reasonable person lets it go where they you know from the from the federal government's perspective what they uh, and you know from state guys too that i've talked to what they're really looking for is these patterns um, where people are doing this doing you know, violating uh, their hours over and over again and you know, so these kind of special cases don't really matter but you brought up a great point on this is that you're preserving a record of yourself being in violations with which is uh, creating uh, something that uh, lawyers can cherry-pick. Yeah. Which, um, talk a little bit more about that because I, that's not something that I, you know, I mean, I understand it immediately, but that's not something that I had really considered when talking with the, the federal there's government. There's not a truck this.
1: out there that doesn't have a target on it. Right. Uh, you know, in any any major metropolitan area, there's a commercial late-night TV that says, have you been injured by a big truck? Have you right. been involved in a truck accident? Sure. You know, call me. I'll get you, you know, and... And nothing, nothing goes to court anymore. You can't win a case because it's litigated. It's it's solved and settled before you can go before a jury or peers. And you can't trust the jury or peers because you see them. They don't understand what what these drivers, these these guys here. You know, these guys have got three million, four million, five million miles. Right. I mean, accident-free miles. These guys are. I believe what most of the industry is chock full of. Yeah. I mean, you've got the 5 million, 5 million mile guys, and I think you got some five hundred thousand yeah. mile guys that are trying to get to five million. But you also got the cowboys out there, and you also have uh, the guys that are, you know, like you were talking that annotate it. They're, they're looking right. for the they're looking for the for the perpetual offenders. Yeah. But what if a guy like we we run up Northern Illinois? Um, and if everything works right on the unload reload, the guy can turn it. Yep. If it don't work right, he runs out of time somewhere a half an hour away from home every day. Right. What if that guy goes there every day and extends his right. 14 hours by a half an hour every day? Right. Sure. Should he, should he do that? And if he does do that and they look at it, that's a repeat offender. Yep. You know, that's... That's somebody that is, is doing it over and over again. Uh, whether it's driving 10 hours or 15 minutes, it's the same thing. You're still breaking. You're still crossing that line. You're still breaking the law. So you know, I don't want that uh, because if you know, my lawyer will tell me straight out, man, if you go outside the, the laws, of, the hours of service, and something happens. Yeah. There is no defense. And right. the plaintiffs' attorneys know that.
0: You can try to explain it all you want, but um... A good plaintiff's attorney look, looks at that and can make easily make it seem uh, like being uh, more egregious than it is yes. or something like that.
1: Yes. And and then they turn around and show that you have done this repetitively and let this driver get away with it right. 46 times in the last three months or something like that. And then you once again, if, we, if it was a group of our peers yeah. here at NASTIC right. sitting on the jury, right. they would understand what's going on here and they'd right. probably to yeah. the lawsuit but it's not a group of peers it's a group of people that saw a truck turn a corner and knock a street light down and it fell on somebody else's car yeah. and wow. <laughs> banned trucks from the city limits yeah, yeah, yeah. not understanding that the trucks delivering everything that they're buying and eating and mm-hmm. clothing themselves with you know everything depends on a truck i mean you know, i think about it you know everything so uh not only are we a target but it's going to continue. It's not going to go away because we're still going to continue to, to deliver goods where they need to be delivered. You because know, it's a public and, necessity. Right? And we don't deliver within the city limits like that too much, you know, within like downtown areas right. like this. We're going to manufacturing outfits that are on the outskirts for the most part, but, but, uh, Somebody's the end user. Yeah. you know somebody's the end deliverer or whatever you call that final step in the process. And we're delivering. Yeah. 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 We're we're delivering uh, uh, in places that are industrial parks or things like that for the most part. But yeah, it's 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 strange how uh, it doesn't take much, and they know what they're looking for more than we know how to defend ourselves. The bad guy will seems to always win because the good guy's trying to do it right but even trying to do it right you will step out of bounds over that line that you know what do I do here you know and and, uh, you know what am I going to do if that guy's coming back and he's a half an hour out from being out of hours or he's out of hours a half an hour out uh, every day I'm going to have to come up with a solution for that because I can't let him come in Uh, because of that 30 miles of that, that would be like driving through Satan's territory for 30 months. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it other than, other than you know. And, I, and I've been in these situations where oh, I wish I wasn't here, I wish I wasn't here, I wish I wasn't wow. here. And you just, you keep, I guess you keep praying, you keep focused until you're out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you when you start thinking about it, I'm, I'm minor league compared to these drivers here. I'm minor league compared to my own drivers, you know? Right. Uh, you know, I drove a lot, but I didn't drive millions and millions of miles. Right. Everything I was doing was in and around the city of St. Louis. And, you know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd catch one out of town. But once I realized that I didn't like driving for five or six, seven hours straight, right. I chose, I like driving a half an hour and then talk to somebody while they're unloading me and then drive a half an hour to the next stop. And, mm-hmm. and that, that worked for me. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I was telling somebody yesterday, we, we, were, we were sharing notes, you know, and he was saying how he... Uh, he, his mom and dad, he's one of the drivers, his mom and dad were both truckers.
0: He's one of the drivers of the year here. Yeah, yeah, one of the
1: drivers here, here this year at Nastic. And uh, uh, he said, yeah, my, both my mom and dad were, were truckers. And I'm like, your, your mom was a trucker. She was a woman in trucking before women were in trucking. Yeah. And he goes, shh, these ladies over here are drivers, this lady's a yeah. driver of the year too. I don't want to offend them. And I'm like, they shouldn't be offended. They should almost like make a memorial for your mom because she started help pave the road yeah. for them to think about this being a, a reasonable environment for them to go to work in and, right. and make a living. And You know, uh, but we were comparing notes on, you know, he was like, yeah, I backed my first trailer into the dock when I was 10 years old. And I said, yeah, I think I was maybe 11 or 12. Right. I knocked my first door off when I was 13. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, got stuck on the ice. Uh, I drove over my first car when I was 22, Uh, none of this stuff was my, uh, I shouldn't say none of it was, I knocked the door off, that was my fault, but the the car was, that was somebody else's fault. I mean, the guy passed me on the inside shoulder of I-70 in St. Louis, I was coming eastbound, he was on a clean, he was passing everybody, I was in the the fast lane, passing a car carrier, and... He come past me he had a puddle that was sitting there he turned sideways in front of me he bounced off the car carrier bounced off the median in the middle and came right back out and i drove over his head. Oh i thought he killed him i thought he killed him you know and yeah. and uh, you know it's it was kind of funny because uh he was there was a couple witnesses that saw the whole thing he'd passed them too and they stopped uh, and they told me you know i was trying i would jump down to the truck and. You know, I, he slumped over the steering wheel and he started to come to when I was trying to get the horn, pull the fuse for the horn and I, you know, when he started reaching for something in the middle, I, I got out of the truck, or, you know, got out of the car and kind of stood away and just just yeah. make sure he doesn't come out with a club or a gun or anything and uh, then I started talking to the officer and while I'm talking to the officer, one of the other guys he goes, hey man, there goes your guy, he had somehow or another made it across three lanes of westbound traffic during rush hour without getting a horn blown at him. And he's going down the ramp. He's leaving that car. He's not staying, you know. Uh, but they gave me a rash like I was the bad guy until really? uh, until he was caught running away. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, he passed me on the shoulder. right? You know, and lost control of his vehicle. I didn't leave my lane. We're still in my lane. right? You know, I couldn't do anything. Uh, right. But it had he not been drunk, and it just would have been just a regular fender bender he could have sued and yeah sure got as much as he wanted even if he was wrong even oh. if what he did I, I just think that stuff gets litigated it doesn't get <laughs> no, solved in a yes, court of law yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, so yeah it, it's it's uh it's spooky to think about you know guys that got big fleets yeah. guys that got hundreds and thousands of trucks you know instead of just a couple here or there, you know.
0: Well, I mean, you know, even if it was just the owner-operator out there with one truck, I mean, this is a, easier for him to control his own yeah. o- own stuff, yeah. but uh, he's going to be forced into those situations as well, and he's just, I mean, this is his whole life here, you
1: know. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. If he gets—if his truck gets wrecked, yeah. he's down until he either buys a new truck or his truck gets repaired, and in the meantime, if he's getting sued by the person who's involved yeah. in a wreck. Uh, yeah there's it, there's, uh, there's no end to it because you know legal precedent has been set and um, I don't know what it's going to take I, I, I really don't I, I see things changing in DC and I, I like some of them and don't like some of them but uh, I don't get to make that decision. I just have to deal with what they, they hand me to work with so uh, we'll, we'll see about all this you know the ELDs I believe it's a one-size-fits-all solution and they're making exemptions, uh, nope. just like they do with the hours of service. You know, every time you turn around, there's a, nope. a catastrophe where they where they, they uh, waive the hours of service for the people that are providing support, or there's a... I, I knew a guy that was hauling uh, livestock out west, and he got an hours of service exemption because he can't stop with them pigs in his trailer when it's 115 degrees in the desert. Right, right. I, I keep going, look, you, you can't make one one law and expect it to stick if you're going to turn around and start making exemptions. Yeah. You need to start looking at how things are and, and what the drivers have to go through. And once again, I'm not against the ELD. I just don't think they should force the good guys to do it if they don't want to do it. Right. We would probably still do it. Right. Uh, and we've got a good record. I mean, you can look us up. Right? We, we we make our mistakes, but there's nobody out there uh, operating illegally. We're trying to do it right, and drivers are trying to do it right. Uh, but I would probably still implement it because of the the, the tools that it gives me. You know, the the, the ability to uh, be in constant communication with the driver, the ability for the driver to see uh, where we want him to go, the ability. To, for me to see what the driver did.